Welcome to the City Beautiful Church podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join our family as we strive to live together in heavenly reality. For more great content, visit us online at citybeautiful.ch. Okay, okay, okay. Come on back. Come on back. Well, uh, today is uh, effectually known as Washer Sunday. And oh, some emotional energy, excitement about that. That's great. Um, And if you have no idea what that means, um, several years ago, we started pulling out some washers. And uh, at the end of this morning, we'll have some tables back there. We have washers on them and then, you know, the metal letters and a hammer and we'll be hammering away uh, a word on a washer that will help us define our year um, because we want to step into that with intentionality. Um, And my hope today as we talk for just a little bit is uh, that we would renew our minds toward freedom. I think that is, is my hope for all of us as we consider what do we want this year to be about? What do we want to define this year? What do we want to step into this year? And that's a really broad concept, renewing our minds toward freedom. But I want to talk broadly today so we can each narrow it down into, uh, into something specific for our lives and for our years. And what do I mean when I say renew our minds toward freedom? I was recently talking to a friend and uh, he had made a decision in his life about something he wasn't going to do, wasn't going to allow to be part of his life. And it was kind of moral. It was kind of not. It was just kind of a thing. And uh, he was talking to me for probably about seven minutes about the reasons he had made the decision that he had made. And it was partially, you know, some externally imposed expectations from other people on his life. It was partly some things that were like things that he had been taught growing up. It was partly some things that like he kind of felt guilty about. And when he was done telling me all of these reasons about the decision that he had made, I thought, man, you seem just as weighed down by this decision that you've made to not do this thing as you would just like throwing yourself fully into it, there seemed to be this weight around this moral decision that he had made. And he hadn't renewed his mind toward freedom. He had actually renewed his mind toward being oppressed in this particular area of his life. It became this moment of fear in his life or this thing of fear. And it was kind of this externally imposed decision that was kind of thrust upon him. And so when we talk about renewing our minds toward freedom today, I want to think about this idea that our imposed moral ideologies can become just as much a burden as the weight of sin in our lives. The goal for us to renew our mind isn't for us to do or not do things. The goal for us to renew our mind is so that we can step into freedom. Freedom in relationship with God. Freedom that Christ offers us by redeeming us into a new life. A life lived differently. So our goal today is not for us to make moral decisions for 2018. It's not for us to make some sort of yes or no, on or off decision. The question that we're asking today is how can we step into a new level of freedom in our lives in relationship with God? 
Because when we make our ideal ideologies our foundation, we're unsettled when our minds change. When we make our ideologies our foundation, we're unsettled when our minds change. So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, 6 mm-hmm, says this. <laughs> Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart is where it starts. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And then it is contrasted with this concept of leaning not on your own understanding. You see, when we put our trust in the Lord, we're no longer leaning even on our ideologies when it comes to how we think about God or what we think we know about God. We're now putting our life and our security in our relationship with God. And it goes beyond even what we think about God or what we think we know about God. And God reveals himself to us. And there are things we can know about God. But our foundation cannot be what we think we know about God. We have to trust in the Lord, recognizing, and this is something I've said a few times before, that if if God is infinite, there's more we do not know about him than we do know about him. And if our foundation is in what we think we know about God, we are in a lot of trouble when God chooses to reveal himself in a way that we're not familiar with. Or when God chooses to do something that we don't have a context for. Or when God reveals something to us because he wants us to go in deeper with him or deeper in life or deeper with others or deeper in our understanding of ourselves. Our foundation cannot be in our ideologies. Our foundation is our trust in the Lord. And if we're growing into freedom and maturity, we're going to change our minds. I think that's my hope as we talk about this idea of renewing our minds toward freedom. It's a recognition that we can't hold tightly to our newfound ideologies because the process of renewing the mind is an ever-increasing and ongoing experience. As we move into greater freedom, as we move into greater maturity, what we thought yesterday will no longer be true for us today. Or what we thought yesterday will no longer be the complete understanding of how we now understand the world as we've stepped into a deeper understanding of the world, a greater level of freedom and into a deeper maturity. So we want to renew our minds toward freedom today, and I think that takes an open-handedness and a deep trust in the Lord. My words for the last few years have kind of sprung from this idea of evaluating the lies I've believed or the things I've struggled with and replacing and recognizing that in replacing those lies with truths, it might take a year, it might take two years, it might take five years, it might take the entirety of my life to replace those lies with truth, an ongoing decision to do that. And it comes into this process of like dismantling those lies and discovering the deeper truth so that I can move into the freedom that Christ calls us to, that Christ offers us. And my word in 2016 was beauty because I had developed a lie around the concept of beauty. 
I had developed over time for some reason this idea that things that were ugly and difficult were more valuable than things that were lovely and beautiful. That somehow I was more pious and my life was more godly if I lived in a miserable way to some degree. And so I wanted to explore the concept of beauty and what does it mean for me to live a beautiful life, to experience beautiful things, to create beautiful moments. And it was a year that was a process of dismantling the lies that I had come to believe and replacing them with new truth and a year of growth. And over that year, changing my understanding to move into a greater process and a greater expression of freedom as I renewed my mind over that year. Anybody want to share one of the words from the last few years? Words or phrase? Courage. Courage. Glory to glory. Perspective. And it doesn't have to be like a washer word. I mean, I know a lot of people have words for the year, so just, just shout it out if you've had one. Consistency. Come alive. Awesome. And those are huge things. Like, I think, you know, we have this habit of coming to church Sunday after Sunday, and we kind of move on and think about something else six days later. And it's like, a lot of these words are big deals, and it takes a while for us to really invest our lives in them. So it's wonderful for us to say, okay, I'm going to take an idea of something that's being worked on in my life, something that I think God wants to show me more about and to really intentionally invest a year into that. So I'm going to talk a little bit about this idea of renewing our minds through uh, the passage Philippians 4, 5 through 9 today. And this is where we'll spend the rest of our time together. I'll read it, the whole passage, Philippians 4, 5 through 9, through 9, and then we'll go back and look at each of these verses. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Let's pause here and pray. Lord, I pray that you would give us this posture of openness to receive transformation and that you would give us the discipline to apply ourselves to the transformation process. I know that maybe some of us over the last week have been thinking about this kind of word for the year, this direction, this idea, this process of releasing lies and embracing truth, of going deeper with you and discovering. And maybe some of us come in the room today not really having thought about that, not knowing that this was coming this Sunday or just kind of it being out of mind. But I pray that even in this time, you would reveal to each of us some things that you're up to so that we can join you in those things, that we would be renewed 
toward a deeper level of freedom. Yeah. Yes, Lord. Amen. Let's jump back to Philippians 4.4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. We start off this passage with a command to be joyful. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Last time I spoke a couple weeks ago, I talked about joy. And one of the things that I talked about in relationship to joy in my own life was this idea that like, for me, joy is just one of those things I need to be really intentional about, that I can forget that joy is even an option, that I can allow the circumstances of my life or even just the busyness and the day-to-day to prevent me from remembering that joy is an option. And I think this is just a reminder to us, joy is an option for us. And I think as we think about this idea as of renewing our mind and we think about a word that would define our year, part of it is just us reminding ourselves that this thing is an option and that we would go back to it and we would remember it and we would pick up where we left off one day after the other. This deep level of intentionality. In fact, the last several times I've spoken in some some way or another, this concept of intentionality has come up. That we would be totally conscious of the movement of God and the things that he is doing so that we can join him in it. Might as well bring it up one more time. Brar. Breathe, remember, access, reveal. I spoke on this concept when we were talking about the fruit of the Spirit, that the fruit of the Spirit is always accessible to us, that love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and all of them are always available to us, but so often we go through life without an intentionality that they are available to us, and so we miss the opportunity to reveal them into the world. So let's slow down and take a breath and remember who God says we are and access the fruit of the Spirit and reveal it into the world. And I think that's what's happening here at the top of Philippians chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Be intentional about remembering that joy is available to you. And this is the first step in the process of renewing our minds. If we're renewing our minds, there's a deep level of intentionality about it. Renewal does not happen by accident. Growing emotionally, like telling ourselves to rejoice when we don't feel like it, or anything related to renewing our mind, may feel contrived, but growth is always intentional. I have a bunch of uh, milkweed plants out in front of my house. Uh, Several years ago, I started growing one milkweed plant and all these monarch butterflies came and laid their eggs all over it and within the first week or two all the leaves were gone because all the caterpillars ate the milkweed leaves so now I, I literally have probably what 75 diana's my neighbor she lives across the street 75 milkweed plants in my front yard those milkweed plants are not there by accident Like the flowers make seed pods and I take the seed pods and I put them in these trays like one at a time, all the little individual seeds from inside the seed pod and I have to water them on a regular basis and then at some point I have to take them from the little tray and plant them into the ground and on a regular basis, Diana will yell at me for not watering my front yard enough. (laughs) 
Those plants do not exist. The growth doesn't happen by accident. It takes, takes a deep level of intentionality. And it, it, there's so many examples of this in life. Just like going to school and learning something. Like all of us have things we remember from school and all of us have things we do not remember from school. And all of us know exactly what it's like to try to put information in our minds temporarily the night before we have to take a test. And when, we're, when we lack intentionality and we have to cram last minute, like science says over and over again, we're not going to remember that stuff. And when we lack intentionality, we move out of this place of being able to grow. But if we want to be people who renew our minds, we have to apply a deep level of intentionality to that process. Psalm 77 the writer writes, then I thought, to this I will appeal, the years when the Most High stretched out his right hand, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. So here's my current reality, here's my current situation, here are my current circumstances, but you know what? I'm going to intentionally remember the deeds of the Lord in the years when the Most High stretched out his right hand over my life. Am I going to live a victim to my current circumstances, or am I going to be intentional about remembering the moments when God was faithful? A renewed mind begins with a high level of intentionality. Moving on to, we have, we have the song, Love Came Down, in the, the little pre-chorus. I'll remind myself of all that you've done in the life I have because of your son. Like, it's this process over and over again of renewing our mind through intentionality. Verse five, let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Internal peace transforms our external demeanor. And so when we apply this level of intentionality to how we are living, to what our mind is thinking, to what our emotions are feeling. It begins, it begins transforming our external demeanor. Uh, a couple years ago, I went to this play in New York uh, on Broadway called The Humans. And it's probably one of the f- best plays I've ever seen in my life. And it's pretty short, it's about 90 minutes, and it unfolds in real time. So this family gets together and it's just like 90 minutes of their life from the moment they walk in the door. And the whole thing is there are, each of them have specific fears inside, things they don't want to talk about, things they don't want to confront. And so much of the play is them preventing other people from saying things and biting one another and talking about one another when they leave, when when some of the characters leave the room. And it's just this like emotional process of here are the things that are messed up in me. And because of that, that's external manifesting in our conversations and in our relationships and I'm not treating you well and I'm treating you poorly because of the things that are messed up inside of me and the whole play kind of unfolds in this thing and I'm just like sitting there watching this and I'm like oh my gosh I do that and I say that and and this is part of my life and I need to fix that and I see how this fear inside of me causes me to treat people in this way and like all of these things it just felt like this like session of 90 minutes of revealing so many things about me and like I've never been so emotional in a piece of art in my life to the point where at some some point in this 90 minutes I let out this like uncontrollable whimper like ah. 
And I'm like, and I was there by myself. It was a matinee. It was on a Saturday afternoon. I'm just like, I'm alone. I'm here by myself making these. At that point, I was thankful that I was, I was there alone. So it was just like, like just tears down my face. Anyway, but it was just this picture of how like things that are not addressed intentionally inside of us, when we don't address those things, it leads to this external manifestation of treating people poorly and not living the way that God intends for us to live. But when we do the internal work, it puts us in a place of gentleness, ready to interact with people well. I think the same is true with these ideas of our words for the year. For me, this word beauty that I carried around with me for a year because of my own distorted understanding of beauty, I would ignore it or I would react negatively to it or I would roll my eyes or whatever all of these external responses were for me. All of it began with some sort of distorted view in my own mind and heart about that thing. And over the course of the year, it was this process of just opening myself up to the Lord to renew my understanding of beauty. And it had effects externally. It had effects on the way that I interacted with the world around me. And this may be a, a good indicator of something that God wants to work on in our lives. So I want us to pause here for a moment and just reflect on this question. What do you react negatively toward? And what does it say about your opportunities for growth? So think about your mind and your heart and how sometimes maybe you're triggered towards something. What does that say about the opportunities for growth in your life? And write it down. Like, I want us to write this down. If you need to pull out your phone and open a note, do that. If you have a piece of paper, write it down. I want us to be really specific about this. So take time, make use of this time. God, thanks for your gentleness toward us that all of these things that we discover about ourselves along the course of life are things that um, you're gentle toward us and helping us navigate through, that your grace and mercy are present with us. 
So God, I pray that even as we think about these things, these things might trigger us or that we may react negatively toward and what those things reveal about a deeper internal reality for us. Thank you that your grace is present with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Moving on in verse six, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And in this, we see this process of not only being intentional about understanding the flawed thinking inside of us, but then being into the, moving into the next part of that, which is replacing our thoughts, replacing our thoughts with truth, replacing the lies with truth. And this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Goes back to something we've talked about before, replacing anxiety with thanksgiving. This is the process of repentance. So in many ways, my word in 2016 of beauty was the process of repentance of replacing a lie with the truth, with a deeper understanding of what true beauty is and how God calls us into that. And so the process of replacing anxiety with thanksgiving is the process of repentance. Ephesians 4, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitudes of your mind. This is repentance, to be made new new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And it's this second piece that moves us from just being aware of our flaws into the process of maturity and growth and renewal and redemption. And I love this concept, like even going back to the specificity of the value of being intentional about Thanksgiving. Um, I was looking through some things and I found this article that talks about several research studies, seven scientifically proven benefits of gratitude that will motivate you to give thanks year-round. So just scroll through these, and this is on Forbes. You can Google it and find it if you want to read more about it. But gratitude opens the door to more relationships, and they talk about this 2014 study that talks about how gratitude transforms our relationships. Gratitude improves your physical health, and then again, they reference a specific study about that. Gratitude improves psychological health. Go ahead. Gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression. Uh, uh, Grateful people sleep better. And in this, I thought this was really fascinating in 2011. People who spend just 15 minutes jotting down a few grateful sentiments before bed may sleep better and longer. Gratitude improves self-esteem. Gratitude increases mental strength. And so uh, this idea that we see right here in the middle of Philippians chapter 4 and Ephesians chapter 4 of replacing the lie with the truth of God and practicing thanks, thankfulness has so many scientific research studies around it that show us how replacing the lie with truth helps us actually transform our everyday experiences. Verse 7, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so when we do the work of dealing with our issues, 
when we are intentional about addressing them, and when we are intentional about stepping into the process of repentance and replacing the lie with truth, when we do the work of dealing with our issues, a supernatural activity beyond the, the natural effects of our effort takes place. So look at the verse again. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so we transform our understanding. Something happens in, by, uh, something happens in the supernatural realm, and our hearts and minds are guarded in Christ Jesus. And so we say, all right, I want to surrender myself over to you. I'm going to be intentional about seeking out the truth of this thing in my life with you. And in that supernatural process, we see a, a, an activity that is beyond the effects of the effort that we've put in to making that thing kind of to launching out into that thing. Intentionality of mind affects our emotional life. Our understanding guards our heart. But it is hard work. 2 Corinthians 10 shows how it's a deliberate process. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Anyone who is engaged in the process of capturing thought and making it obedient to Christ knows that it is a difficult process that it takes a high level of effort and surrender and wrestling. Romans 7, so I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in, in, within me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner to the law of sin at work within me. And it's this struggle, it's a battle, nothing about transformation, nothing about growth, nothing about maturing comes to us easily. It goes against, in many ways, the natural flow of, of life. And so it takes a struggling, it takes a wrestling. Last week during Ryan's message, one of the things he said toward the top of it was this, remembering the past helps us prepare for the future. Even the process of remembering the past can be painful. It can take great effort just to remember the past. But if we're going to step into the future that God has called us to, if we're going to engage in the process of renewing our mind and replacing lies with truth, it will happen because we've put in the effort. And when he said that, something in me was just kind of like triggered. And I started on my phone at where I was taking notes, I started writing down, what are lies that I've believed? What are lies that I've believed for the last year or from my life? And what are the truths of those things? And it was this process of literally looking at these things that I had believed and then turning the words around on themselves and replacing those lies with truth. And that's how we move toward freedom and renewing our minds. Is that we would be people who are intentional and put in the effort of remembering the past and considering what are the lies I believe and then asking, okay, Lord, how do we turn these things on their heads so that they become truths, so that the curses become blessings in our lives? 
So I want us to pause here again, because I think, again, this can inform what things God is wanting to work on in us. And I want us to reflect just very briefly on, these, on this. What are lies that we believe? And I want us to take a moment just to address a few of those lies and then ask the Lord, okay, how can I rewrite this lie with the truth? How can I replace this lie with what is true? So let's take a minute to pause here and do that as well. Yes, Lord, would you help us embrace truth in our lives? Would you reveal that to us? How you see the world, how you've created things to be, may we be keenly aware of those realities. In Jesus' name, amen. And so renewing our minds toward freedom begins with this intentionality of even identifying that that's something that we want to do. And then it moves into this process of replacing lies with truth and doing the hard work of that process. But then it also involves this concept of establishing new lenses through which we see the world. And that's what we see in verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, Whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And this is the lens through which we're being encouraged to see the world. See the world through what is true and noble and right and pure and lovely admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. And every day is a new opportunity to choose the lenses through which we see the world. I recently had this moment where I began evaluating the lens through which I see people. One of the things that frustrates me is when I perceive people to be either oblivious or just completely inconsiderate, and sometimes I have no idea where the line is. They seem kind of to be the same thing, and I'm not sure which, if one is better or worse than the other, but it like frustrates me so much 
gym reference when people will like go and sit on a machine at the gym and then they'll do a workout for 30 seconds and then they'll sit there literally watching YouTube videos for five minutes. I'm standing over on the side, very patiently waiting while they're watching their YouTube videos or um, making loud noises in public places. Like, doesn't that guy out there who was, who's like working on the train track know that we're having, trying to have church in here? <laughs> What's going on right now? Um, but in this process, like, I, I, was, I just came to this point where I was like, okay, I need to evaluate this. Like, what's going on? And the thing that I came to is, like, every time I see someone as an inconvenience, I miss out on seeing them as a blessing. And it's, it's totally a lens shift. Like, in the same moment, I can, I can totally approach the moment differently. I can either be frustrated because someone is being an inconvenience, or I can step into the process of building relationship. The person who's sitting there on their phone completely oblivious on the workout bench, like, has no idea that I'm standing on the side being frustrated and seeing them as an, an inconvenience. I can just as easily go over, take off my headphones, do something else, and start a conversation with them and figure out who they are and potentially receive a blessing from their life. Like, so much of it has to do with the lenses through which I see the world, not this kind of, like, reality that is is hard and fast. But like I have the opportunity in the process of renewing my mind toward freedom to begin seeing the world in a different way. In Psalm 42, there's kind of this lens shift that we see. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will praise him, my Savior and my God. So today, my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions are downcast. They're disturbed within me. And what do we see the writer do here? A lens shift, a command to his own soul to put his hope in God. Shift your lens. Stop seeing the world through your current lens and choose a new one. And not for a second will I suggest that any of that is easy. Or that any of that happens like a magic trick where it's a switch that turns on and off. Again, I think it may be a process of wrestling. It may be a process of year or years. But that is the process of renewing our mind, not that we would continually have to just say, all right, I'm going to replace that lie to the truth and then jump back to that same lie and then have to replace it with the truth again. But that over time, we would replace the lies with truth and the truth would become a new lens for us. In the last verse in this passage that we're reading, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Who we surround ourselves matters. This is a collective effort. We're in this together. And so we share it with one another. And the, and the way we see the world and the lenses that we see the world through and the things that we choose and the, replacing, the process of replacing lies with truth, all of those things are affected by the people we surround ourselves with and who we surround ourselves with matters. 
And so today we've talked about this concept of renewing our minds toward freedom. And I hope that that is the process that we engage in this year as we think about our word, that we're together moving toward an area of freedom in our lives, that we are replacing lies with truth and we are developing new lenses, new God-like lenses to see the world through. And in that process of talking through Philippians chapter 4 and renewing our minds toward freedom, we've talked about intentionality. We've talked about how uh, the intentional process of change internally affects how we interact with the world externally. We've talked about this idea of replacing lies with truth. We've talked about lenses. And I think all of these things can help us discern what it is the Lord might be asking us to step into over the next year of our lives. And so I'll leave us with some questions around some of those ideas that can maybe inform what our words are. What are some of our triggers? Maybe that is an opportunity for us to look deeper and say, Lord, why does that thing affect me that way? And could that point to some deeper internal thing that you want to work on in me over the next year? Or what are some of our fears that God would, over the next year, want us to move into a new place of courage around? Or what are maybe some of the things that God's been working on in you that you feel like he's stirring you to know those things more deeply? And what deeper reality does that point to over the next year that God might want to be working on in you? My word for 2018 is not actually one word, it's two words, it's a phrase, own it. Wait, no, that's my phrase, wait, why is that funny? Oh, okay, own it. I'm going to own it, all right? You guys might laugh at my phrase, but I'm going to own it. Um, And uh, yeah, for me, it comes from this place of feeling like there are a lot of situations and scenarios where I've chosen to exhibit passivity in environments where I have been given permission. I've chosen passivity because of laziness or ease or insecurity. But there are people in the room who have given me permission to step into leadership or having a voice or whatever it might be. And so I want to spend the next year of my life being aware of how my own lies are preventing me from stepping into the doors that God and others have opened for me to step into. And I want to own that. I want to own that permission. So that for me is the thing that was kind of happening inside of me, like recognizing, okay, here are some of my own insecurities. Here are some of the things I'm afraid of. You can put those questions back up. Here are some of the things that I'm afraid of. Here are some of the lies that I believe. Here are some of the habits that I step into. And I wanna step into this year knowing more deeply what it, what it means for me to own the permission that I've been given. So that's, kind of this process for me in in, in evaluating what I want to step into in 2018. Um, So the process is whatever for you. Like, I don't know how God wants to do this in you, but maybe some of those questions will point you to deeper realities 
It's not like what triggers me, uh, snakes. Uh, I'm gonna get around more snakes. No, it's not, it's like what's the deeper thing, right? What's the deeper thing that maybe some of these questions point us to that God wants to work on over the next year? For you, maybe it's snakes, I don't know. Um, let's close our eyes. Actually, let's stand together. Um, am I supposed to give logistical instructions? Maybe. Okay, in the back, there are washers. And uh, as we sing these next several songs, we have 20 minutes um, until noon. Um, there are tables back there. Uh, as a word is revealed to you, I want to invite you to the back. There are washers back there. There are letters in the wooden boxes. There are hammers and there are pieces of marble. You just put the washer on the piece of marble. You line the letter up. You give it a strong tap with the hammer and hopefully it'll deboss the letter into the washer. That's the, that's the goal. Uh, do we have wearable things or no? So I keep mine on a keychain. I know there's some people who like get a necklace thing and put it around their neck, but like carry it with you. Allow it to be present in your life over the next year. And let's see what the Lord does as we invest deeply into this with him. So God, would you just lead us in this time? toward what it is that you want us to, to step into for 2018. And may we, with discipline and regularity, explore the, what you're doing in that area of our lives. This has been the City Beautiful Church podcast. To stay connected, follow us on social everywhere at City Beautiful CH. We hope you join us again soon.